Well, welcome back to the Brattle Bookshop podcast known as the Brattlecast. It's one of the best names in podcast history, by the way. <laughs> I'm Jordan Rich, and I am thrilled to sit down with my good friend Ken Gloss, the owner-operator of the famous Brattle Bookshop in Boston. And uh, we talk about all kinds of things that are uh, sometimes old, sometimes rare, sometimes unavailable. But you've got a photograph here that just – you could write a, a novel about that photograph as I'm looking at it. It's so amazing. And we're focusing on baseball, which is one of our favorite topics, but a slightly different bent. Well, it's interesting because in one of the previous uh, Prattlecasts, I was saying I was looking forward to something. I was sort of anticipating. I saw this at an auction. I saw the estimate. I thought it was a little bit on the low side. I, and it was something that sort of, when I was going through the catalog and online looking at the pictures, Boy, I really like that. That's interesting. It's something I could talk about, which sometimes when I'm buying something, I I like something that there's a good story to that I can do <laughs> one of these yeah. uh, topics on. Yeah. But uh, anyways, I was lucky. I got I got the item. And it's a, a photograph uh, from the 1890s. And the, the uh, title of the photograph is Young Ladies Baseball Club Number One. And it's literally a photograph of a young lady's professional baseball team in the 1890s. Do we uh, know where the team? This was they, they were in uh, New York. New York, okay. Uh, but they were also uh, the man who ran the manager, Franklin. He had them in Pittsburgh. Uh, he had a he had other teams. Mm -hmm. He was a character. That that's oh. another whole thing when you read into it. But a lot of people don't realize. There were professional women's baseball teams back in the 18, actually going back even to the 1870s. Uh, and there were women's baseball teams, not softball, back in the 1850s. And it actually brought up a lot of society items. Now, this one's particularly great because the team is all there. There's a baseballs, there's bats, but also there's attitude. You can tell by the way these women are posing, you don't mess with them. Let me take a look. Uh, I'll, I'll as, just as, ask you some questions. Especially about the woman over in the upper left. Uh, right. There's a woman posing sort of leaning up against something, and she's got her foot cocked high, and she's look, she's holding a bat. I wouldn't mess with her. She looks like the cleanup hitter. Exactly. You or you. So so let's tech describe what we're looking at here. We've got a photograph of uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and nine women. Yep. comprises a team. And they're dressed in uh, interesting, quote-unquote, uniforms. They're wearing dresses that are striped. They're all the same. But it one, it, at first glance, you wouldn't say baseball players. You'd say, I don't know, nurses or something. I don't know. Well, exactly. But it is. It is a, I could see where it, it has some cachet, and it kind of makes sense. And if you look closely, you can actually see the ball, a ball on there. And, and they the do sort of wear baseball caps. Yeah. And, and the thing about it is that actually that was very controversial at the time, too. They also had teams called Bloomer Girls ah. uh, because they needed to be able to move. And, and some of the uh, baseball, they were actually wearing uh, tie-up shoes and so on. Mm. Uh, there are actually women's teams nowadays that do recreations of old games. Mm -hmm. They don't tend to keep the shoes the same all the time. Well, most of us now are familiar with the movie A League of Their Own. When we right. learned about, for the first time, some several of us learned about World War II. When the boys went off to fight, they had these women's teams. I had no idea that they predated 
that these gals predated them by 50, 60, 70 years. Well, that's that's what I love about the photograph <laughs> is that you did have active women's baseball. And, and there were a lot of interesting things. That First of all, uh, baseball was also a sport that women could go to and just be fans and be out with men in the same crowd. I mean, that was a bit of an issue mm. back then, too. But a lot of the teams, Vassar College in the 1870s had teams uh, of women baseball players. Back in the 1800s, in even the early 1900s, there was a real issue about women's being active in any type of physical activity in sport. They, uh, a lot of doctors came out with books saying that if they were too active, if they were too carrying on with carrying things mm. or being active in sports, that it would affect their fertility, mm -hmm. that they would they would get sick, they would have trouble. So they weren't supposed to do anything. It's really interesting too, Ken, that those are the days when they didn't even have gloves, I believe. They And the balls, obviously hard balls, and they're zipping these things along and firing them back at, at fielders without gloves. Yeah, and the women didn't use gloves. Of course. There was also a rule actually back in those times that not only could you catch the ball, but on one bounce was also an out. Okay. Well, yeah. that kind of makes sense because catching a ball on the fly without a glove is challenging. And, and there, were the even, there were even a few women who played on co-ed teams, and some of them were very, very good and very talented pitchers in particular. So they actually had a few co-ed. But an interesting part, the fact that they would wear clothing that allowed movement that's where the bloomer teams came in, or even these teams. The dresses had to be a little bit shorter and so on because they had to be able to run and move, and that was controversial. So in one respect, it's shocking to do that, but in the other respect, this is so far advanced in terms of women's sports. I mean, it wasn't until the 70s that you had Title IX, right? Exactly. And, and the idea that women had the, the obligation and the duty and the right to, to play in college sports, this is— Revolutionary. It, it's revolutionary, and, and it was hardball. It was not softball. Not softball. Uh, some of the early teams, especially the college teams, they had to play indoors because it, they didn't want the spectacle of men watching oh. the women being active. So it was actually, you know, the still the 19th century, and some of the teams they weren't almost allowed to play where they could be seen because. That just wasn't right. Uh, some of the players were very, very good. Uh, in on these professional teams, a lot of them were barnstorming teams. In mm -hmm. other words, they they did have leagues, but they also would travel from event to event to event. Sometimes two teams traveling together, and they occasionally would get five, six thousand people at a game. Now, part of it was probably just. What do you mean a women's baseball team? We're going to go out and see this. But part of it, they played baseball. They played it really well. And and so you, you have a lot of things changing. You didn't realize that this was going on 150 years ago. Uh, would that photo have been considered a publicity shot for the team? Not only absolutely would have been considered. <laughs> and there were posters that, because this man, Franklin, who was – disreputable in many, many ways. Uh, it wasn't actually his real name. He used aliases because he ended up in jail every once in a while. Uh, he was a he was a, a sort of a Bonham 
of uh, women's sports, and he would do whatever he could do. He was a great promoter. He would get into the local papers. He would get the pictures all around and try to get people to come out to the field. He was great at it. If it weren't for a league of their own, I'd make the movie tomorrow. Or maybe it's not too late or too early to make the movie. It sounds fascinating. Well, and also, like I say, what you run into is if you look back on it, the women's rights, the the fact that in the 1890s, it was also a, a large movement. We talked a little earlier about doctors saying that it was really not good for women mm. to be active and out. But as the bicycle came in, as uh, basketball a little, but the bicycle in particular, Long tennis, it yeah. uh, actually there were a lot of women who were very much advocates and say, no, you should be strong, you should be active, you should get fresh air. The healthier you are, the better you are able to live, to have children, have a family. So there was the two sort of diverging um, mm. items. And it's also interesting, when you were mentioning Title IX, uh, I was actually listening to a radio show recently, and they said the Title IX in one way pushed women into softball as opposed to baseball because the all the schools, they didn't have to have or the the government sponsored, they didn't have to have a hardball baseball team for women. They could promote as long as it was comparable. They considered softball comparable. So it really pushed hmm. women sort of separately into the softball as opposed to the hardball. Hmm. And whenever you get into these issues, you can look at the clothing, you can look at the dress, you can look at the way they played, some of the rules varied a little, but not a lot. And you can sort of almost see the women's rights movement as it progressed during the years as you look into these photos. There, there is something else I wanted to talk to you about, and that is the photo itself and the way the women in this case are positioned. I would venture to say, and I read Vanity Fair on occasion, it's a, Vanity Fair does this a lot with actors. They'll pose them in a very similar manner. So the photography back then, albeit more rudimentary, they were doing artistically what they do today. Oh, absolutely. And, and actually, when you get back to this time, it was even in a way more posed because nowadays you can take a picture with a fast shutter speed. And if someone happens to move slightly, it doesn't make any difference. <laughs> Whereas in these, these exposures took a while. So they had to not only pose but stay posed, right. which even makes it look more posed. But you can tell someone set that up and gave each one of them their own kind of stance and role. And it, it, it really makes a lot of sense. And my guess did. is also the background setting might have been staged also because it doesn't look necessarily – this looked like something done in a studio. Yes. It, it wasn't done on a baseball field. Incidentally, this photograph, which is pretty rare and you, you got a great deal to find this one – has the names of the players on the bottom, of course, right? Well, that actually is a, a really important part of the photo. Not only does it have the names, but it also has their positions. Yes. Where they were playing. And a lot of times you see these early photographs, and you'll see one player, one person. A lot of times they might have the name, but they don't have shortstop, pitcher, catcher. Uh, and it's just looking back to another time. I mean— you, you sort of almost say, I wouldn't want to live in that time for many reasons, mm. but I'd love to go back and see one of these games and also just see the crowd. That's one of the things that I'd also love 
is you see the women, you see them in their uniforms. I would love it if they had a picture showing the crowd and what the crowd was dressed in, in and how they the looked. We've seen the crowds from the 20s, men in straw hats and yeah. ties, and that was a big look uh, back but, then. But what women are Women coming, in parasols or something? I don't to, know. To look in the ones that are going to watch a women's baseball team. Is so, there crying in baseball? That's what I need to know. Is there still? A, was there then? Or I don't, there's well, no I think crying in I think as long as Tom Hanks is alive, there's no crying in there's baseball. There's no crying in baseball. And, and I'll tell you, if you look at this picture, if if you said anything disparaging about these women, I think you'd be the one crying. Not, I would not, not cross over the first baseline in front of one of these gals. They are rugged, man. But, but they were, you know, from everything I read, once I saw this picture, I started doing a little background and research on it. Uh, you know, a lot of them, the way they would get these teams, and, and this is where Franklin, uh, who was the manager, he would hire women sort of at a stage, at a um, at a theater. He would put an ad in that I'm looking for women. And what he was looking for, he wanted women who looked pretty, who were slim, and their figures were good. Uh, the fact that they could play baseball sometimes, that was a benefit. Is it uh, any different than Vince McMahon and the WWE? I mean, th- seriously, it's the same idea, right? Exactly, but he wasn't necessarily... Every, some of the players were really great players, yeah. and some of them he was putting on a show. And he did successfully for a while before yeah. they threw him in jail again. <laughs> exactly. So very quickly, what would something like that be worth on the market today, a picture that rare? Well, there's one right now that uh, someone else is uh, offering that actually it, this is on a card, and then they pasted the picture to it. And the one online, the pasting was such that it covered up some of the names and that they're asking a couple of thousand dollars for. Mm. This one I bought at an auction, and I think I paid $700 for. I think it's somewhere in the middle. And okay. But what it also did is I started Googling, looking researching. up, th- researching, and I saw that there were other pictures, there were other posters. And this would be a fascinating area to collect. In other words, if you're going to try to collect baseball, you know, there's Babe Ruth, there's Tris Speaker, there's some of the teams there. But... When you get into some of the ones that aren't quite as well known, I think this would make a fabulous collection. And I can't help but think that there are collections out there of women's baseball, or you could expand it to women's sports in general. Mm. And uh, it would just be fascinating. Great topic. Absolutely. And uh, I know a lot of folks out there may have follow-up questions, and you invite those uh, by going to the website, brattlebookshop.com. And, uh, you know, it's amazing. Uh, just so you know, this is, I think, our 75th episode or something like that. <laughs> and I never know what you're going to come up with when you walk through the studio door. But this was a gem. I love this. Well, it's, it's one of those things. The way One of the way I decide what to do. Occasionally, <laughs> someone sends in a suggestion, and right. I'm happy to go with that. But I saw this in an auction. I was hoping I was going to get it. And I said, if I get this, this is a great podcast. Well, Maybe it will lead to another photograph or another base. And also, I like it to be subjects that I like and I can get excited about because there are some that would be great topics, but someone else might be better at it, whereas 
some of these the things that I pick that I love. Well, you're picking good ones, absolutely. Home runs every time. And again, uh, brattlebookshop.com. We thank you for listening. And we also thank you for tweeting out links to this podcast and telling your friends about it and subscribing. And, uh, and liking it. Build And liking it. That's the best part. And we're building a nice community around the world with this. So it's called the Brattlecast. And guess what? We'll be back with more episodes very soon. Take care. <laughs>